I'm excited about how technology is uh, being democratized, how it's plunging in cost. One of our missions is to positively impact one billion people in the next The relevance of a new technology to solving problems that affect like a billion people. All great stuff happens because someone inspires someone else to do something. The next wave of innovation is going to be eroding the territory. Hazard, future neuroscientists. Welcome back to another episode of Exponential Africa, where on today's episode, we're going to be chatting to Dr. Divya Chanda, who has the Singularity U faculty on neuromedicine since 2010. Divya has been trained and studied at many incredible universities, such as Stanford and Harvard and many others. And I've never met somebody with such a deep level of understanding around medicine, neuroscience and consciousness. Take a listen to this episode, and I really hope you're not too freaked out and enjoy. None of this would be possible without the incredible support of our partners. Our main collaboration partner is the Development Bank of Southern Africa, who is also our first Singularity U South Africa country partner. The DBSA has a massive focus on how to bring prosperity to all South Africans through infrastructure development, communications, technology, water and energy and have some incredible projects you'll be hearing about in a few months. Our global partner Deloitte is also a country partner with us, and we have been building an amazing relationship with Deloitte over the last three years. Working with their team has really shown us how Deloitte really does live up to their mantra of delivering impact into Africa and helping their clients transform and be ready for the future. Next is our strategic partner, who is also a country partner and has been on this journey with us for the last three years. MTN. MTN is Africa's largest mobile network and is leading the way in communications, bringing data and communication to millions of South Africans and Africans. Our next strategic partner is ABSA. ABSA is one of Africa's major financial service providers offering business and personal banking, corporate and investment banking, wealth and investment management, and bank assurance. They are focused on Africanacity and align with our mission to hashtag future-proof Africa. ABSA believe the need to improve access to technology and educate everyone so they can fully benefit from the opportunities that open up. Today on Exponential Africa, we have Divya Chanda, who is an anaesthetist and neuroscientist. She is also the chair for Singularity University around neuroscience, as well as faculty around medicine. Divya, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. So Divya, tell us what, a bit about what is neuroscience and what do you do at Singularity University? You know, it's quite a big word and a lot of people don't understand what neuroscience actually is. So in its most general meaning, it just means the study of the brain. Um, and neuroscience is one of the broadest kinds of science because it brings in wet science. That means we actually measure brains and probe neurons and stick electrodes into brains. Um, but it can also mean mathematics, computational neuroscience, and actually the birth of artificial intelligence came from neuroscience, understanding neural networks. So all of those things are integrated into this vertical and its singularity, we try to understand it from the perspective of exponential technologies and connect it out to the entire planet. I mean, it's so exciting. It's, like, it's literally the wiring of our brains, the code behind life. Huh? And, 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 and how does it all, what do you think about, you talk about this rewiring humans from the inside out. You know, can you tell us a bit about that? 
So I feel like as humans, we have two fundamental codes. One of them is in our genes. And we've just started editing that with CRISPR, right? So you can actually take a genome and it's kind of like a Word document. If you misspelled a word in the document, you can do a command F, a find function, and then you can find the sequence that's wrong. You can change the misspelling by cutting it out and then you can replace it with what's correct. So that's one way we can edit the code of life. Uh, and we're beginning to do that in places like embryos, which is causing a huge problem because uh, Editing and creating designer babies is the new ethical dilemma. The other thing that seems to make us fundamentally human is our brains. And we used to think that we just came with what we had, but neuroscience has taken a completely different turn. And we're now, because we've been decoding how brains speak, after learning that code, we are now finding ways to rewire the brain. And now we're fusing organic brains with machines and so that's completely changing that code of life. And it's what does it mean for humans? Oh, so many things. So, for one, can we actually expand our total intelligence, right? So, if you connect my brain to another computer, do I have access to what that computer has access to, or do I have access now to the internet? What if we were to connect up? brains and people are actually starting to figure out how brains can be networked to actually decrease cognitive load to improve wow. cognitive processing. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's like a one big algorithm. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you and I were to connect our brains brain to brain. And then I, I were, we, we are connected. <laughs> but then I were to connect to these guys in the room. I mean, what would that network actually mean and what would I have access to that I don't have access to now? And it's not just computing power. There is the possibility that it would expand human consciousness because one of the definitions that we use for consciousness as neuroscientists is that brains that are more conscious are actually more functionally connected and they can calculate more information. So by this definition, we'd be expanding human consciousness. And then at some point when you start adding machine parts to us, we might start speciating so we won't be human anymore. It's, there's still a lot up for debate, for sure, I would say. Yeah. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you want to get an upgrade? If, you, if somebody, just like somebody gets a new phone, you want the new phone. It's got the better features, better functionality, faster, quicker, takes better photos. So if we could upgrade our brains, why wouldn't you want to? Because it will make you better, more connected, uh, you know, have a higher level of consciousness. So it seems like it's, it, all the, the actual benefits outweigh some of these negatives that, that we face. As long as we can be, it, it can be evenly distributed and democratized for everybody. Yes and no. Right now, there's still risks. And you bring up another really interesting point. Right now, most of our effective brain-machine interfaces are invasive. So I have to do brain surgery on you. Not everybody wants brain surgery. Not everybody wants their skull cracked open. But non-invasive neuromodulation is beginning to come online. And if we can find ways to send energy into the brain and rewrite the brain from the outside without having to crack open your skull, that changes everything. Oh, wow. But, but there are still risks and there are gonna be off-target tar effects. So for instance, let's say I'm trying to modify your intelligence and somehow I mess with the speech center or I begin to cause you to have personality changes. That's, that's a really undesired side effect. And so right now we're still in a place where there's high risk. It probably won't always be that way, but, but there is right now. And that's what we're working through. So interesting. I, I mean, um, 
if we just if we if we think about it as a follow-up, one of the things you just spark now, when you crack open those brains and you actually do surgery, where would you I mean I'm sure you must have a deeper understanding about consciousness and where it comes from and what are your views about where our consciousness comes from? Yeah, okay, so that's the million dollar question. Um There are a lot of people who believe that there's something special about human consciousness and that it happens to be that our brains are so complex that there's something that emerges from the complexity of these circuits. But um, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, Do you know what a Turing test is? Yes. Right? The ability to, like, let's say you have an entity on the other side of a curtain and you start to query this entity, and would you be able to distinguish it from, from a human? Would a baby pass a Turing test? No. No. But babies, most people seem to think they're conscious. So I would argue to you that our understanding of consciousness right now is pretty limited. Um, I have a different theory about consciousness. I don't actually know that it just emerges from the complexity of our neural networks. I actually think it might be something that's more of a property of the universe. And that what happens in the brain, just like our sensory systems, is, let's take the visual system. So we are taking in a certain portion of the electromagnetic spectrum as humans. That's what we call the rainbow. Okay, that's what our photoreceptors bind. And by the time it gets to even the first neurons in our eye, all that information is being computed upon, processed, thrown out and then pieces of that information go to the next level in the brain and the next level. The brain is constantly processing and throwing data out because that it's, there's too much. And so we keep just enough to survive in our ecological niche. And from that, we create what we call a visual perception. That visual perception has nothing to do with the actual physical world. I, I believe that consciousness might be something like this, that there's so much information available in the universe and what your brain is doing is it's actually pulling in information and then it begins to process it, throw data out. And then it eventually produces this more global conscious percept. That is what we are actually call, calling consciousness. Wow. And if that's the case, it would explain some really interesting things. Okay, so one, why is it that um, some people feel like uh, information can be actually sent at a distance? Well, if information actually were accessed from a more central location, that might actually make more sense. Another interesting implication would be, you know, we, we know that there are a lot of people who are, um, let's say, elite meditators. Let's take a monk who's meditated for 10,000 hours or 30,000 hours. And they are said to have a higher level of consciousness, but nobody can seem to describe what that is. What if we were to, um, let's go to photography for a second. So imagine your brain is like a camera and you've got some sort of CCD sensor that's capturing photons from the sun. Most cameras would get completely saturated on a sunny day. So what you do as a photographer is you throw a neutral density filter in the way and you might throw one or two to cut down the light by several orders of magnitude. What meditation might be doing, because your brain is basically a set of filters, is it might be actually removing some of these neutral density filters and getting them out of the way so that the amount of information that the brain or the camera in that case has access to increases exponentially. Incredible. Wow. So do you you meditate? Yes, I do. Not as regularly as I should. There you heard it from Divya Chanda. Make sure you meditate more and you will increase your consciousness in your own brain. And uh, we've, we've run out of time, but thanks so much. We're going to have to have you back on the show. Uh, so thanks so much. And 
Make sure to subscribe to more Exponential Africa episodes. So I really hope that you found that fascinating. My mind is blown and I can't wait to chat to Divya in the future to hear more incredible insights into where consciousness, neuroscience and medicine is going. If you enjoyed that, make sure to subscribe to more, for more Exponential Africa episodes and catch us on YouTube where you can watch them live. Have a great day and keep smiling.